well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad that you have joined us on the program today. Uh, by the way, it is true. I, uh, I do own shirts that are not plaid. Uh, occasionally, I break them out. So, you know, we've been talking about a lot of uh, pretty serious things here on um, the program over the last couple of days, including the Biden administration's uh, efforts, upcoming efforts to uh, go after our right to keep and bear arms, uh, but uh, as well as, you know, what's going on at the state and local level. Today, though, I, I got to say, we're going to, this is not necessarily the most serious of topics, but it is something that I think is worth exploring. Uh, David Hawk. Uh, one of the co-founders of March for Our Lives, has decided to start a pillow company, right? You, you've seen this. Um, apparently, he wants to challenge the pillow market dominance of, uh, of Mike Lindell and MyPillow because he doesn't like Mike Lindell's politics, thinks Mike Lindell is a uh, weirdo who's, you know, uh, uh, going off about uh, the election being stolen. Uh, and perhaps most importantly... Uh, because he knows he'll get attention. And he has. He's gotten quite a lot of attention. Uh, William Legate, a uh, software developer, has uh, partnered with David Hogg. They announced the name of their pillow company, Good Pillow, as opposed to My Pillow. Uh, they've already gotten write-ups in the Washington Post, the Miami Herald. I mean, look, this, as, 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 as far as trolling goes, meh, it's a pretty good one. Um, as far as uh, what it might be doing... To the uh, to the cause of gun control, well, I, I, that that's a different story uh, entirely. Uh, although David Hogg is certainly trying to tie the two together, uh, his pillow company, remember, is going to be a socially responsible pillow company, which will uh, include, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, you buy one of David Hogg's pillows, and maybe a portion of the proceeds going to go, maybe, maybe a portion of those proceeds going to go towards uh, gun control causes. But he again, he's certainly trying to use his brand to sell some pillows. Uh, this is one of his tweets from uh, Tuesday. You want to make a, uh, it, it, I guess this is, uh, that must be phonetic spelling. Now, you want to make an insurrectionist freak out? Harvard, by the way. Harvard. Now, listen, I didn't get into Harvard. My, my math scores would have prevented me from getting anywhere near Harvard, but apparently spelling. Different story there at the uh, Ivy League. You want to make an insurrectionist freak out? Tweet good pillow, he says. Uh, William Legate. I'm going to buy David a Lambo once we hit over $10 million in donations from our pillow company so we can drive to my house faster. Nah, says David Hogg. Make it a Tesla Roadster. Zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. I mean, capitalism is a wonderful thing, although David Hogg has complained about how capitalism is one of the things responsible for all of our ills in society. But uh, but now he's singing a different tune. Now it's hey, listen, man, you can gaslight me all you want, but I'm I, you know, I'm I'm gonna raise my money and I'm gonna you know pay pay my food bills and uh, try to do good things mm -hmm, with capitalism. It was great, fantastic. I got no problem with that. I you know I would start a pillow company myself, but it seems like it's getting a little crowded. So I'm thinking about a, a pillow case company. Uh, I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday. Uh, Cam Shams uh, was a good uh, a good choice. I was looking for a name. Uh, Cam Wow, I, I liked as well, but uh, you know the pillow market just getting a little crowded. What's fascinating to me about this is the fact that one of the other co-founders of March for Our Lives, uh, a guy named Cameron Kasky, has been commenting about this, and 
it, it sure looks like um, Cameron Caskey's not too pleased uh, with David Hogg's trolling here. This was uh, Cameron Caskey on Tuesday night. To those of you who marched, donated, lobbied, and called for change, I'm so sorry this is what it turned into. This is embarrassing. And by the way, I, I thought maybe Cameron Caskey was trolling a little bit too. No, I think he's I think he's serious about this. I think he's really bothered by what David Hogg's doing here. He said that to those of you claiming I'm jealous about the pillow grift, I was actually offered free shares as soon as I started tweeting about it. I just declined because while I'm kind of a grifter, I'm not that much of a grifter. Ouch. Grifters, of course, are uh, those who use causes uh, to enrich themselves as opposed to engaging in genuine acts of activism to, to move their movement forward. Uh, Kasky went on to say, I spent so much time promising people this wasn't going to turn into a cash grab. I'm applying my clown makeup with the shame that I deserve. Referencing uh, David Hogg's Desire for a Tesla Roadster, maybe a Lambo, as soon as the uh, socially woke pillow company gets $10 million in donations. And I have to say, uh, Cameron Caskey and I disagree on probably 100% of, of gun control issues. Uh, but of the March for Our Lives co-founders, I've always found Cameron Caskey to be the most uh, genuine. Uh, so I, 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 I kind of feel for him. I, like, I'm not a gun control advocate. I don't support his agenda. But I do kind of feel for him watching the the clown show uh, that is David Hogg, who is uh, turned, you know, this uh, horrifically tragic event, the third anniversary of the Parkland shootings coming up on February 14th, uh, to turn that into his springboard, his own personal springboard, to uh, get fame and fortune. That would bother me, too. If I were a gun control activist, if I were one of the co-founders of March for Our Lives, I would be just as bothered by this. Um, look, we live in a day and age of celebrity culture. Uh, you can say that the, in, the, the line between influencer and grifter is hair thin right now. It really is. And not just in the world of the gun control movement. I think throughout the entire political spectrum, uh, there are certainly folks on the two-way side who I believe are, at the end of the day, um, at least as interested in monetizing their activism as they are in being an effective activist. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't have any merchandise to sell you. I, I wish that I did. Occasionally, I think about it. I think, well, I could have a T-shirt or a water bottle or stickers or patches. I could. I could try to do that stuff. But a, I don't have the time, and b, I really don't have the interest. Uh, you know, it's it's weird enough for me to sort of straddle that line between commentator and activist um, without necessarily trying to build my own personal brand and merchandising and products uh, around my Second Amendment activism. That just that would I don't know. It's just not appealing to me. I have no desire to do it. Uh, if I ever do, if you ever do all of a sudden see a pillow with my. <laughs> or face or a baby goat emblazoned on it. Um, yeah, feel free to call me a grifter. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, honestly, uh, the proceeds would probably go to pay for my wife's medical bills. So, I mean, I, that would be, if I had an influx of extra cash, that's where it would go to pay off her cancer treatments. Um, 
But we have a, uh, by the way, I do have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Cam Edwards, where all of the funds raised goes to pay the wife's medical bills. Uh, anyway, that's about as grifty as, as as I want to be. And even then, I think that I'm still offering something. I suppose, again, David Hogg would say, well, I'm offering a socially woke pillow. What are you talking about? I'm not grifting here. But Cameron uh, Kasky would definitely disagree. For those of you who marched, donated, lobbied, and called for change, I'm so sorry that this is what it turned into. This is embarrassing. Yeah, kind of is. But, you know, it, it also is what it is. Uh, and I will say, as embarrassing as this might be for the gun control movement to see David Hogg go off and chase his Tesla Roadster dreams on the uh, back of the My Pillow guy, um, gun owners, I mean, it's fun to laugh and pass the popcorn and, you know, be amused by this. But let's not forget that we really are in a moment of, I think, great uncertainty uh, and peril when it comes to defending and protecting our Second Amendment rights. Uh, we talk about this at Bearing Arms uh, uh, today. You know, a couple of days ago, I uh, wrote up a, a piece about Joe Biden's interview with the Las Vegas Sun uh, about a year ago, January 2020, in which Biden talked about how he would use must-pass legislation to ram through his gun ban bill. Basically, he wants to try to attach it as an amendment to, you know, some sort of budget bill, something that has to pass. Um, and that's been his uh, idea, I guess, for over a year now. It's not the only way that uh, gun control could pass out of a 50-50 Senate. Um, Richard Blumenthal, senator from Connecticut, is now talking about using the reconciliation process, although that's never been done with a gun control bill before. Reconciliation is a process that uh, uh, allows for legislation to pass with a bare majority vote. So in the Senate, that'd be 51 votes. Kamala Harris would be that tie-breaking vote. Um, but it's only used for budget and tax-related measures. Richard Blumenthal talked about using reconciliation to pass a national gun storage law where you would be required to keep your gun under lock and key unless it was on your person or under your control. Uh, and if you violated that, if you did not keep your firearm locked away in a, a gun safe or locked away in a lockbox, um, presumably if somebody stole that gun using the commission of a crime, then you would be facing federal charges for how you stored your firearm. Blumenthal says he believes that reconciliation might be possible to pass that bill with just 51 votes out of the Senate. I, I, I think that would be a tough haul. I think, listen, I think, frankly, and I'm being honest here, this is, again, the difference between a grifter uh, and somebody who's a commentator. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to inform you. So I, I think it would be really um, difficult to pass a gun storage bill through reconciliation because there's really no tax measure or budgetary issues involved. Joe Biden's gun ban, on the other hand, that, I think, actually could pass through reconciliation. I know that Biden himself has talked about, well, I want to use must-pass legislation. But he could use reconciliation because under Biden's uh, uh, gun ban plan, there, there are taxes involved, right? Uh, and there's budgetary issues. Biden would have to both pay for the buyback that the ban would entail. Uh, we don't know uh, what kind of pittance legal gun owners would get in exchange for handing over their lawfully purchased firearms and magazines to the federal government. But Biden says that we get something, right? But then the other side of that coin is if you want to keep the guns that you legally purchased, Biden says, well, you can't 
unless you were to register those items with the federal government under the National Firearms Act, which generally requires a $200 tax stamp for every NFA item that is registered. I say generally because under the terms of the Gun Control Act of 1968, uh, the ATF could waive that fee for a period of time. They could establish an amnesty program and say, all right, look, you got two months uh, to, uh, to register your guns. And if you register your guns within this two-month window, then you don't have to pay the $200 tax stamp. But you're still going to have a budgetary issue with Biden's gun ban plan because of the compensated confiscation uh, that Biden wants to include. So it's, I think it's more likely that reconciliation would be used to pass Biden's gun ban than to pass something like uh, a, a, a safe storage law or universal background checks or a gun licensing bill or a smart gun legislation. I mean, again, there's a whole number of bills that uh, have been introduced and will be introduced. Um, and there are, again, a couple of parliamentary procedures that, that uh, Democrats uh, in the Senate uh, could utilize in order to try to advance this legislation, even if they don't have 60 votes necessary to close off debate uh, and in the filibuster. So, again, you know, we can we can joke and we can have some fun. I think we should have some uh, fun when we can. But I do want folks to keep in mind uh, that this is a, a critical time for the Second Amendment, not only uh, both good and bad. There are opportunities for gun control activists. There are opportunities for Second Amendment supporters as well. Uh, coming up here in a few weeks, the Supreme Court is going to consider whether or not to accept a case called New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, versus Courtlet. This is a challenge to New York State's carry laws. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, that the uh, Supreme Court, that at least four justices on the court say, yeah, you know what, it's time to hear this case. We've got a split in the circuits. Uh, we've never talked about uh, the, the right to bear arms outside of the home. Uh, we, it has been a decade since we have taken up a Second Amendment case. Uh, not counting the New York City gun case that they mooted last year. So I think that there's an opportunity there for Second Amendment supporters to move the ball forward. Uh, but again, gun control, none of this is happening in a vacuum. And if the Supreme Court decides, yeah, you know what, we're going to hear this Kerry case, that may prompt Democrats in Congress to say, all right, well, you know what, we're going to start moving on our gun control legislation. Um, there are a lot of moving parts. And, and uh, you know, what happens in one area uh, can impact uh, what happens somewhere else? So, you know, legislation can impact litigation. Litigation can impact legislation. Federal legislation can invite a state-level pushback. State-level gun control can invite a local-level pushback. Um, so it's critically important right now that we stay involved, that we stay engaged. If you want to start your own pillow company, cool, uh, but make sure you're still paying attention to what's going on in the uh, the, the realm of politics as well. All right, now let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Duluth, Minnesota, where a uh, pair of men charged in a home invasion, both under uh, parole, basically community supervision, after earlier incidents involving gunfire just a few months ago. This according to the Duluth News Tribune. Uh, authorities say that uh, these pair are uh, facing a, quote, slew of felony charges after a home invasion on Friday night. A 25-year-old Quentin Ray Cook allegedly fired two shots into an apartment after unsuccessfully trying to confront a man who owed him money. 
Uh, the incident came almost immediately after Cook was released from jail while facing an alleged probation violation stemming from another gunfire incident last fall. Uh, Cook, allegedly accompanied by Joseph Michael Lamarand, a 26-year-old who is currently on parole after serving a short prison, se- short prison sentence after shooting another man during a high-speed chase back in February of 2017. Yeah. Duluth police called the apartment around 7.45 Friday evening after it was reported that two men had forced their way in and had pointed guns at three people. Uh, officers uh, were able to uh, arrest the uh, two men uh, not long after the uh, phone call came in. Uh, they uh, found the pair in a car. Uh, Lamoran was driving, Cook in the back seat. There were two women also in the car. After a search warrant was obtained, police said they seized a pistol, an airsoft rifle that looked similar to an AR-15, uh, body armor, suspected methamphetamine, uh, as well as marijuana. Cook had actually appeared in court earlier that day. Yeah, last Friday he was in court. After allegedly failing to adhere to the terms of his probation on his re- a recent conviction for reckless discharge of a firearm. Uh, he denied the violation and Judge Eric Hilden granted his release, which uh, Prosecutor Tony Rubin attributed to the defendant's claim to have a job interview lined up. See, here you have a guy, he's accused of reckless discharge of a firearm, he gets probation for that, he violates his probation, allegedly. Judge said, man, it doesn't even matter. A couple hours later, he's caught with a gun, allegedly having uh, threatened somebody. I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, And again, you've got all kinds of uh, Democrats in Minnesota who are demanding the need for more gun control laws when the criminal justice system is failing miserably to actually uh, uh, hold real criminals accountable for their crimes. All right, on to today's Armed Citizen story from uh, the great state of Louisiana, uh, from Shreveport, Louisiana. Police say a a local homeowner allegedly shot and killed an intruder after he uh, forced his way into the man's home late on Monday and wounded a woman inside. Caddo Parish Parish Coroner identified the uh, suspect as 23-year-old Nicholas Mason, of Shreveport. Police say when uh, Mason uh, allegedly broke into the home, he uh, opened fire once he was inside, injuring the occupant. The homeowner able to return fire in self-defense, uh, struck Mason in the upper body. This was uh, just after 11 p.m. on Tuesday evening. Uh, when they arrived, officers found Mason suffering from a gunshot injury to the upper body who was pronounced deceased at the scene. The adult female suffering from a gunshot injury to the leg uh, is expected to recover, thankfully. Uh, at this point, looks like a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense. Homeowner not expected to face any charges, at least not at the moment. We'll keep our eyes on the story, though, and uh, give you any updates as they become available. Finally today, our good deed of the day. Calaveras County, California, where a deputy saved a man who was dangling from a bridge there with the uh, intent of taking his own life. Corporal Andrew Long uh, telling reporters on Tuesday that he grabbed the man's forearm through a bridge railing after he ran and dove to stop the man from plunging nearly 150 feet off of the Parrots Ferry Bridge in Calaveras County. The uh, deputy said it was pure adrenaline. Uh, He said that he was able to catch the man despite having a broken thumb. The uh, local sheriff's office said the situation unfolded after their office got a call on Monday about a man threatening to jump off of a local bridge. That man spotted around 10 o'clock in the morning standing on the Parrots Ferry Bridge Corporal Long said he talked to the man for about 10 to 15 minutes trying to talk him down. He said he spoke mainly about his family, about his life. He said he didn't really want to talk to me. Uh, But then we could tell that the conversation was over 
Uh, that is when Long sprinted uh, for the edge of that bridge. Uh, he says, there's no way you can train for it. I was very lucky that it worked. From there, other deputies from the Calaveras County Sheriff's Office and search and rescue volunteers helped to pull the man to safety. The group eventually used a rope to bring the man back over the railing. He was uh, taken to a local hospital and uh, at last report is getting mental health support. Corporal Long, a, a military veteran who's been with the uh, Tulami uh, County Sheriff's Office for five years, said at the time he didn't really grasp the severity of the situation. He said, I was just doing what my instinct told me to do. Uh, but he also said he's not a hero. He said, I'm a first responder. This is what we do. We are there for people's worst and their best days. He says, we always want to get there before something happens. And thankfully, this time, we were able to. So Corporal Andrew Long, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. You may not call yourself a hero, but I still thank you for your very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I do appreciate you being a part of the program as always. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. You can also uh, subscribe to Bearing Arms, Cam and Company on Rumble. That way you'll get the same thing, albeit in a slightly different platform. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, townhall.com's podcast page. We are there for you as well. No pillows. Just the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. We'll do it again tomorrow. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free.